Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. Just a reminder that we are going to be in San Francisco on April 18th uh, for one show only at the Dark Room Theater. Uh, you can get tickets at putyourhandstogethersf.eventbrite.com. So come join us. And if you're going to be in Portland, we're going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival on April 21st. You can get more info at bridgetowncomedy.com. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming together. out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Please shut up. Please put your hands together, your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Because all of you guys that came out tonight, I'm actually, tonight's lineup is really exciting. It's a lot of people from, uh, traveled in from, from different parts of the country, or people I've known for years, or people I've never seen do comedy, or movie stars. We have a great show tonight. <laughs> so you should clap for yourselves for getting the fuck out of your houses making a good decision. <laughs> yes, correct. I feel like I want to welcome you personally. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? I like the amount of denim that's going on over here. You got a cool jacket. I like that you buttoned your tee all the way up. That's, I mean, it's not a tee because it has buttons. So it's technically just not a tee at all. But I like how you did that. And I wish I could do that. I think as a lady, it just ends up, it's, it's a, you can't, you don't have yours buttoned all the way up, do you? That would be cool, wouldn't it? But boobs make it look weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking tits. Get in the way of all the, of all the looks I want, you know? So embarrassing because what I really want is to look like you. I mean, not that I love what's going on with you too, but that's never going to be what I'm going for. This is definitely what I'm going for. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's pretty cool. Okay, good. How are you doing? How are you doing, sir? Great. Yeah, what was your day like today? Pretty average. What is your average day like? This is the best day. What a great day to meet you because it'll be so indicative of your life. It wasn't average. Yeah, what are you interning in now? Uh huh, and you might move to what? Wait, right? So it's a social media editorial internship. Then the other one is a social media intern. So does the editorial inter internship just write about the people that do the other internship? You're in email deployment. You look like Brian Krakow a little bit to me. And I think you're too young to know who the fuck I'm talking about. Well, that's okay. It's a, the, the face would be of an actor because that's a character from a television show. Yeah, he does. That's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, that's, yes, yeah, right. Act just by saying the nature of the word actor, either beautiful or charismatic in some way, right? That's what, what you know about the face. Um, yeah, no, he was on a television show, uh, there was a character on a television show called My So-Called Life. Yeah, have you ever seen that show? Yeah, there's like 13 episodes, I know. It's tough. Tough moving on with your life after that show existed. Am I right? 
How can we ever top that as a culture? Also, that happened like right when that was relevant to me. Like some of her, some of Angela Chase's wardrobing, I had also purchased at Nordstrom. I was like, she's wearing my skirt. Mom, get in here. She's wearing my skirt. Oh, leave, actually. This, part, this part's about uh, drugs. <laughs> that was a great time for that television show to happen. So it's very, very cool. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Yeah? yeah. What, did, what happened with your day-to-day? Did you switch internships or what uh, else? No, I just got to L.A. like four days ago. Oh, for, like for, for permanent or yeah, visiting? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the city. Are you okay? Are you okay? I wanna, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Give, just human touch. Okay. All right. You got it. Okay. That's going to get you. That'll be... Come back another six months. I'll touch you again. That'll be the next time that happens. That guy loved that. <laughs> so what brings you to Los Angeles? Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say because with all the, you know, like the stalling, I I thought it was going to be like trying to make it or whatever, you know, like just like general. (laughs) I thought it was just going to be like, oh, well, you, are you, yep, okay. um, Are you a good animator? Can you make things go, can you make things move that you drew? (laughs) Sounds like you're going to be a huge success. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, you're going to be fine. It, okay. Do you know a lot of people here? I know a few. Okay, good. Those people, specifically? No. Okay, those two. We'll take care of him and welcome him to the city, yes? Sounds like you already are, because you brought him to the UCB, so exactly. that's like, yeah, you're like, this is a happy place. People are creative. It's, you know, like, everybody, look, everybody looks like you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's true. Like, everybody here, it's not, we don't have the same body types, or races, a uh, lot of men and women, but everybody just vaguely looks alike. It's just <laughs> an entire group of people that, like, even, yeah, age diversity doesn't matter. It's just generally <sighs> look alikes. I had a very, uh, I, had a, I had kind of a wild thing happen this weekend. Um, I was, so this week, so sometimes when you're a comic, you perform at a lot of, again, diversity. You, per, you, you, uh, you perform at diverse venues. Like it could be a backyard, or it could be a rotten basement. Or it could be the improv, or it could be the improv's rotten basement. It could be any of those things. And uh, on Friday night, come on in. You guys can come on in. It's okay, yeah. No, don't stress. You're fine. Yeah, it feels like... There's some seats back there. Um, on Friday, I performed at a rave. <laughs> which I thought w- was of the my so-called life era. But it turns out they've just been in Culver City this whole time! I'm not cool. I've never been cool. I've never done, like, enough... Well, I mean, I'm cool. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm cool, but I'm not, like... Cool, you know, like I'm not like I don't know like this. I don't, I don't. <laughs> like the rave, you had to go down this dark alley to get there, and the whole time I was like, 
Like, keep your wits about you. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're like nervous about the alley that leads to the rave, there you go. Like, that's one thing already to know about how enjoyable you're going to find this rave. But I, actually, it was a great time. Uh, but it was like, <laughs> it was uh, tons of like Burning Man people. Which it's crazy because it, in LA, when you see people that like, their skirts are made of ribbons, you know that they drove there. <laughs> and that is terrifying. <laughs> like, you want to be like, stay here till the ecstasy wears, wears off. You have to stay here until the ecstasy wears off. But um, performed at a rave, and then the next night I performed at a coffee shop. And then directly after the coffee shop, I performed at this gig. Now, I had texted back and forth with a person who was running it, and a friend of mine had recommended the gig to me. Uh, but the person that I was running it, I texted with them like a, a, like a bunch of... It felt like they could have told... And I'm not... This isn't... I just wasn't prepared. Um, because what it ended up being was um, a 200-person sold-out AA benefit. <laughs> Which I'm not. Li- I'm not like against that. I just didn't. I didn't know. What I, I didn't know. And there was like one really. This is the. This is the great moment. It was like kind of a stressful drive getting there. And my girlfriend drove with me. And then like when we got in the door, she turned to me and she was like, "I hope you know you're buying me a." Dr-. <laughs> and then just suddenly registered 200 sober people and the 12 steps on all the walls. <laughs> I hope you know you're buying me a. Dr-. Nothing. <laughs> Um, I was very happy to be there and it turned out that they were raising money for the venue that it was actually at which does a lot of uh, I don't even know like anonymous what do you s- I don't even know how to say it other 12 step programs anonymouses <laughs> anonymi um, does, it did a lot of other 12 step programs so I was really happy to be pitching in and I also followed and the, here's the thing about comedy like there you know, as I said earlier, a lot of us here look vaguely the same. But still, as an audience, you, I have my life experience. You have your life experience. In some ways, that's the same. I moved to Los Angeles six months ago, not four days ago, but it's true. Also, I've had inter- internships. Also, you look like Brian Krakow. So we have similarities in our experiences, but we also have differences in our experiences. You know, like, because you, you look good in that shirt because you don't have tits. So there's a lot of differences in our experiences. But I saw a gentleman who had been sober for 30 days perform in front of 200 people that were in AA. And I have never seen anybody crush so hard in my life. Like, this dude was funny. He would kill anywhere. But, like, I can't even... It was amazing. to You never get to see a comic only talking to people who know exactly what he is fucking talking about. Like, you just don't get to see that very much. He was a really tough act to follow. Also, I was glad that I got a chance to see it. Like, what an inspiring uh, moment. So I am going to try and get 200 Tegan and Sarahs in a room. start the show. (laughs) 
So your first performer tonight, I could not be happier to have him on the show. He's got a new movie coming out in June called The Heat, uh, but you probably would know him best from his role as Biff Tannen in the Back to the Future series. That being said, uh, he's also a hilarious working comic, and he has been working for a bunch of years and is all over the place on the road. It's just a fucking treat that we have him here in L.A. where he lives. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hear right now from Mr. Tom Wilson. Give it up for Tom. friendly people that I like to meet. They shake my hand but never ask my name. And they start asking questions that are always the same. Hey, what's Michael J. Fox like? He's nice. What's Christopher Lloyd like? Kinda quiet. What's Crispin Glover like? Unusual. Stop asking me the questions. I went to the bar mitzvah of my nephew Josh. Now I'm not Jewish but I like to nosh. Put on my yarmulke, started to pray. When the rabbi leaned over and I heard him say, Hey, was that real manure? No, it wasn't. How was that DeLorean? A piece of garbage. Do those hoverboards really fly? It's a movie. Stop asking me the question. Can we take your picture? Come on, look mean. Would you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? No. Questions, questions fill my head. I went to my doctor. My doctor said, hey, Tom, what does a key grip do? Set up lights. What does the best boy do? Help the key grip. What does a producer do? I don't know. Stop asking me the question. 
Do you all hang out together? No, we don't. How's Crispin Glover? I never talked to him. Back to the Future 4 is not happening. Stop asking me the question. Hey, who's the nicest famous guy you know? Adam Sandler. Who is the biggest jerk? Gary Busey. How much money do you make more than you do? Stop asking me the question. Welcome. Who's been here for four days? <laughs> Welcome. Get up! <laughs> we, uh, let's get this over with right off the bat, early in the set. I'll just do the lines. We'll get out of here. A. McFly, thank you. Good night. Drive safe. God bless. Remember to spay or neuter your pets. What are you looking at, butthead? Ta-da. Love you. just got to cut to what you all wanted. I think you got the wrong car, McFly. No, Beth, you leave her alone. I do Crispin Glover better than I do myself. How you doing over there? Good, okay. I'll wait for an honest answer. This is authentic. Anyway, so I wrote that song in order to save a lot of time. Outside club, really. I'd be, I'd do a show, and then at the, I'd be in the parking lot of the club or something until three in the morning. Yeah, no, it was not real manure. No, it's movies. They fake everything. It's a, but uh, there was one question from the song that I never dealt with. I wrote this song, and this is the first time I'm performing it in public. I wrote it. I wrote it years ago. Because after writing the question song, there seemed to be a corollary question after the question song. So I wrote this. Once upon a time in Mexico, I was hired to play a part in a major action movie with a lot of major stars. Robert Duvall had won an Oscar. Oh, the big time cast was set. Gary Busey was in the movie too, but I hadn't met Gary yet. <laughs> Somebody give me some cheese. We started to shoot the movie in the jungles of Veracruz. Gary made a first impression as a really messed up dude. Oh, he liked to get real angry. Oh, he liked to scream and shout. He liked to stay inside of his dressing room and never, ever, ever come out. Oh, let's freeze Gary Busey's head. Busey's head, Busey's head. Of course, we're gonna have to wait until he's dead for scientific study. When I had a scene to act in, and also Gary had to work, he'd act strangely to distract me because Gary is a jerk. Oh, he'd abuse the Mexican workers till they wished that he was dead. Yeah, they cursed an angry Espanol behind his giant steaming head. Hijo de puta. He stormed off the set one angry day. 
this tantrum was bizarre Cause he demanded that the prop man give him a Milky Way candy bar Here's the thing, they don't make Milky Ways in Mexico <laughs> Gary, come back to work, don't pound Gary said, if somebody doesn't give me a Milky Way, I'll tell you, I ain't coming out Oh, Gary rocked as Buddy Holly He got an Oscar nomination But sometime between then and now He got off of his medication Aww He loves to fight and argue He's a bully, he's insane So let's leave his head to science With his abnormal brain Then sometime in the future If they wonder how some crazy genes have spread they can't examine the damaged DNA in Gary Busey's frozen head. Everybody, oh, let's freeze Gary Busey's head. Oh, Busey's head, Busey's head. Of course, we're going to have to wait until he's dead. <laughs> For scientific study. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> The Gary Busey song didn't go quite as well as I... That was the first time I ever performed it for people. Is that honestly true? Honestly honestly true, Thank you so much for sharing that here. Oh, sure. That's what this show is actually for, is... See, what we were trying to do is create a show that feels like the shows that happen in Los Angeles, where it's not a headliner set or a Comedy Central special that's like... Edited down of course, to the of course. best. We just wanted to offer something where, like, sometimes things murder, and then sometimes yeah. they just go really well, and then sometimes they fucking fail. You know, like, we wanted <laughs> yeah. to get it all. Yeah. But you were talking to me before the show started just about what you feel like is going on in your Like, what are you doing here tonight uh, at this show at the UCB Theater? I'm exploring a lots of different shows that I think are interesting and exciting. I think there's actually something going on in stand up that hasn't been going on. Certainly that I've seen, and I've kind of looked yeah. for, for quite a while, um, and, uh, and I enjoy it a lot. I mean, I've done the Meltdown show, as you yeah. know, and all these small, and I've done several shows here at the UCB, right. and uh, I love it, um, because um, I began uh, doing shows like this, yes. you know, and I was doing all, kind of right. all shows like this, right. and feeling like the comedy artist, right. you know, the artist with words. That kind of stuff and doing, you know, I mean, I played every weird coffee house, Absolutely. you know, anyway, could imagine. And then, you know, you're in L.A. I'm in L.A. Yeah. And, you're, I'm, you know, and you're married and you have kids. And you, you know, I, I began a period where I've been a comedy industrialist. Where really you, tr- you where you're in show business and you start going like, look, I got to like, I got to look at my skill set sure. and use that to make money to buy food. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, okay, here's my follow-up to that. How often, if if that's... So you're getting hired for your, you know, hour and 15. Yeah. And it, is it... How, how often are you changing things up? In the past, in like the past 10 years. How have you been... I change, up, like, I change up a lot of things, but it's only to make, to make me interested. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say is I think that's a challenge that I think of a lot when I think about people that spend a lot of time doing those larger sets in like clubs I think that um, here's here, here's my thought because a lot of people I, and I think I did for a long time you know is we really we kind of care what people think or what comics think or yeah. whatever well all of the comics that were judging me for not changing stuff over because I was out doing the road they're not doing an hour 15 
Absolutely. And they're not doing it somewhere in Illinois or somewhere in Wisconsin. Where stuff it has to go to over. Work. Like, it just has to yeah, work. Yeah, like, hey, brother, I'm doing you know work for money. Yeah. It has to work. That's exactly what you said. You know, the, the, the MC comes out, does 10 minutes. It, it goes okay. The feature comes out. Even the feature is it's a more exploratory set. Absolutely. You're warming up the crowd, but the feature can take a nice eight-minute chunk yes. and work on things or something. The headliner at this point in the comedy industry, I have to go up there, and at the end of it, people have to go, Wow! That was great. Like you know, a package, a full, yeah, just, complete. Just okay stuff is not going to get me hired back. It yeah. has to rock the room because yeah. that's what I do for money. Yeah. Because now comedians, and I mean comedy industrialists like myself, we're competing against everything because everyone has a 52-inch flat screen. Of everyone course. has Netflix. Everyone has everything. So what, it's very, it's ver- a very different market right now. Very different market. I mean, also you're you're talking about people that are touring because they've been doing characters on podcasts or they've had you know some sketch show that's worked on YouTube. I mean, it, it's it's a very it doesn't it's not one thing. To, it's not to, one thing. I don't. It's I not don't one thing use at all. Make it, but make it, but like to make a living, it's right. not one thing. And so well, there are two. It's very there, different to right me, now. I see those two ways. Yeah. You get, uh, you get some following over the internet or something. I mean, yes. I mean, uh, Bo Burnham. I'm yeah. doing a show with Bo Burnham on MTV now. Bo's like the first time he ever went in front of people. He sold like 1,500 tickets. Right. It's just you know, Bo's one of those. His name is on the marquee, and everyone's driving by like, who is what? Who's yes. Bo Burnham? Well, I don't know who it is, but there's a line around the block. <laughs> So there's that way of doing things, and mine is just mine in clubs because you can make money there because they sell drinks and they sell chicken wings. Are you kidding me? Tom Wilson, please let him hear it. Oh, good gravy. So happy to have him on the show. He's hilarious. Also, he has a podcast of his own. This is a podcast. Many of you people are listening at home. Some of you are here right now, and then you're going to go home and listen to this again. Relive the glory days. <laughs> Tom's podcast is called Big Pop Fun. It, it Big Pop Fun, and it is on the Nerdist Network. So you should check that out as well. Also, guys, this next comic, I'm so excited that she could drop in tonight. She usually has a well, she not usually. She has another show tonight that she runs on Tuesday nights uh, at Akbar. Hilarious, great show. Amazingly fun time. Also, you've seen her on Conan and Comedy Central, and she's one of my favorites. I love her so much. Let's hear it right now from Miss Erin Foley, guys. Give it up for Erin. Who are we? Good? Good? Medium? All right. Fantastic. Love the shoes. Fancy. Large. Good. Uh, thank God this is being podcasted. <laughs> Magic. All right. Good. Good. Uh, very excited to be here. I love this neighborhood. I, I live in Silver Lake, so it's uh, very quick to come over here. I'm not here a lot, but I, I love all the restaurants. And then we've got that uh, new raw food juice cleanse uh, next door. Ask us about our 10-day cleanse. Pro- no. Um, probably not going to ask you about that. Uh, you can get a nice glass of uh, juice for $18.95. Um, here's the thing. Everyone's, uh, everyone's doing the raw. Uh, my... Roommate is on a 10-day juice cleanse, and uh, when everyone is, when they, they, te- they like to tell you about it all the time when people are 
or on those things, shakes or juices or whatever they're, they're drinking. Uh, she comes out in the morning. Every, I, just, I just feel like my skin, just my skin, my skin just feel like it's like glowing. Does my skin look? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Ah. Before it was just like, but now it pops. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you look, you look fantastic. It looks great. People like to share like miracle stories. We're on the shakes. They're like, well, I was, I was on the couch. I was so depressed. I just wanted to kill myself. But then I got a blender. Now I'm back. You know what I'm saying? I am back. I'm going to start answering all my questions like that. Aaron, how's it going? Oh, my God, it's going so well. I I have so much energy. Oh, my God, I feel like a motherfucking car right now. You know what I'm saying? I bought a $2,500 blender. I'm on a a 20-day meat juice cleanse. Uh, Holy shit, wow. I... You gotta get the whole, the whole animal, though. That's the key, you know? You gotta get the whole chicken or a lamb shack or, like, the cow skull because the, the vitamins are in the bones. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. You gotta shove it in the blender and then drink it down. I just... I don't wear contacts anymore. You know what I mean? I can see through you right now. It's just... It's pretty amazing. I mean, before the cleanse, my neck was just fused. I was just like, oh, my God. What am I gonna do due to bad nutrition and shitty coworkers? And then, boom, meat cleanse. Whoa-ho-ho! So that's exciting. The meat juice cleanse. I, uh, what else? Got so much. Uh, my everyone's having babies. Probably not you guys. There's like a median age of uh, 18 here. So um, that's why I wore a t-shirt. Here's the thing. I uh, everyone's having uh, babies. The other day I was thinking, God, I, I if I'm gonna have a baby, it's got to be like now. Like clocks ticking. And I was saying this in my 1997 Corolla as I was driving north on the five. <laughs> Literally thinking, it's got to be like now. I got to have a baby like now. With that, I hit a, <laughs> I hit a, uh, a pothole in my right front uh, hubcap, split in two, and flew over the car. And I thought, uh, maybe no baby. Yeah, maybe just I can't even keep four hubcaps on the car. So maybe, <laughs> maybe nothing here. So, um, uh, but it makes you think about it because I, I was on this uh, email chain uh two of my friends uh, uh having uh, couples having babies home births i don't know if this is a new trend or la there's a lot of stuff that happens in la that doesn't happen anywhere else uh you'll know that whatever you're, you're a young lad that just moved here uh yeah home births uh and i was on an email chain and everyone had really wonderful things to say and i thought god it's my worst fucking nightmare in life uh and everyone's just like oh my god it's amazing it's so energetic and spiritual natural and magical natural natural and magical Ho- a home birth no no not so much natural and mat natural and magical is like if you live like on a farm you know what i mean and you're prego and you're in like a cornfield and you're like oh my god it's time to have the baby and you're in the middle of the cornfield and you're just pushing out the baby then a creature appears out of the cornfield and it's like part nymph part dream catcher and it's like i'm going to help you deliver the baby and then it's like dusk, and then it takes its tail and shoves it into like a corn husk, and then there's light, and then the baby gets delivered. That's natural and magical. You know what I'm saying? Throwing a tarp over your lazy boy. No, not so much. It's just like a bad decision. You know what I'm saying? I think so. Anyway, it's just like a horrifying concept. You're, like, you're pregnant, there's so much stuff going on, then you have to take care of your apartment. Like, first of all, like I have a cat. You know what I mean? Something. <laughs> someone would have to deal with the cat and the litter boxes. Cats like to get involved in everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember my moment where I'm pushing out a baby to have, like, Peanut! <laughs> Peanut, get out of here! <laughs> Peanut! 
That wouldn't be awesome. Uh, like, I want a hospital. I want doctors. I want aggressive lighting. You know, I just... I want all of it. I want machines. I don't know what they do, but I need them there, you know? I don't want to, my moment of crisis to look down and have to be helped by, like, Cindy Lou, who got her degree in midwifery and soybeans by the University of Phoenix Online. <laughs> Not so much. I want a doctor. I got the light. That means keep going. Blow it out! <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say something before this, but this joke's about two minutes, so we'll just cut to this. I, uh, I'm in a, a long-distance relationship. So fun. It's not a lot of work. And um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how many people have horrible reactions when you tell them you're in a long-distance relationship. They're like, God, God, that must be really hard. No, no, it's a piece of cake. Um, here's the thing. She lives in San Francisco, and I live here. A lady, like, ah, like gay, we make out and stuff. And um, <laughs> I braid her hair till she lose consciousness. <laughs> Anyway, kidding. Um, she, uh, so I spent a lot of time in San Francisco. Uh, here's the thing about San Francisco. Uh, high maintenance. Love the city. High, high maintenance. Uh, she has some high maintenance issues. Coffee. She's obsessed. Uh, we've got some wonderful coffee shops in L.A. that are just like, wow, this really? Take it down eight notches. And, uh, but really, like, people that are really serious. She only drinks Breve Cappuccinos, which is fancy for half and half. And uh, we, go, we go to these coffee shops. You ever go to a coffee shop where you're like, wow, this is just way too, like, there's, like, satchels of beans on the floor. There's people, there's like pictures of people picking the beans. Like no one makes, like you walk in, it's like part hipster, part chemist. You're like, what is that? What's happening? You go to the counter and um, I said, I'll just take an ice soy latte, pretty much run of the mill. And the woman goes, yeah, we don't serve ice beverages. And I was like, all right. Uh, haven't heard of that one before. Uh, I'll just take a hot soy latte and uh, dump it over ice. It's the same drink. I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, ooh. It's just that when the espresso hits the ice, it compromises the integrity of the bean. <laughs> ah, right. Oh, my God. I was just saying that last week. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I forget inanimate objects have integrity. So <laughs> my bad. And she goes, well, you know what? I can give you a, a cup of ice on the side. I'm like, fantastic. I'll build my own. I mean, I th had the day off, but I don't mind working. Um, <laughs> the most evil coffee shop ever. So then I stepped like two feet over in front of this other worker. She had goggles on. She had like a milk thermometer. She was sweating. I was like, what is happening? It's freaking coffee. Lower the bar for the love of God. You're not saving babies behind there. Like, this is ridiculous. Just stressed out. And so I was just waiting and waiting. And then she looks at me. She goes, I heard you're making your own ice soy latte. <laughs> we're still doing this. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, I just clocked in. I'll be your coworker for the next 20 seconds. And then finally, she just like, just gives, give me this stink eye. She hands me that soy latte and the cup of ice. And I just lost it. I just made the most aggressive eye contact of all time. I just poured it in. I was like, compromising the integrity of the bean, motherfucker. <laughs> and that was about it. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. All right, great show so far. We're gonna keep it uh, right on rolling with another awesome comic. Actually, he's our first repeat uh, because he's back in town from New York. We had him on the show maybe last month, two months ago, and uh, the my, my co-producer, Mr. Ryan McMenamin, and I both love his work so much. We knew he was coming back to tape Craig Ferguson tomorrow 
Or if you're listening to the podcast, perhaps yesterday. <laughs> we knew we had to have him back on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the hilarious Mr. Mike Kaplan. Give it up for Mike. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's great to be here on this show. If you're listening at home, it's great that you get to hear what a real, live L.A. comedy show is like, including every comedian referring to it being a podcast. That's, that's what happens at every show in L.A. Every show is a podcast. So edit the silence out of the, Is that possible? Is that... Can you edit the silence? I just... Okay, now I'm about to say some stuff that is only for the people in the room. It's the greatest thing you'll have ever heard. Okay, we're gonna cut now. And uh, I am just gonna. This is running, running the Craig Ferguson set. That that's gonna happen. If you if you're listening at home, you can just watch it on a, it's on YouTube probably. So uh, this is how the the Ferguson set is starting actually. So. Uh, so. Okay. Hello. Hey, Hello. You are gonna be on Craig Ferguson tomorrow. Does that stress you out the day before TV? Uh, not. I don't get stressed about a lot of things in general. I, I. This isn't to say that I live by this all the time, but I read a thing in a Taoism book, a book on Taoism. Should have said Taoist. Made a mistake. Not important. Keep in that moment in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, they said like, what should you worry about? Should you worry about? You should worry about things that you can't control because you can't control them. So why would you worry about them? You, should you worry about things that you can control? No, you should just control them. You should, you, the things that you can control, you'll take care of. Like, it's like, I'll do what I can to prepare, you know, yeah. get ready. The one thing right now is, I don't know, you can never know, like some shows, they're like, for Letterman, they'll be like, you get the set to four and a half minutes and then whatever it goes to on the show, if they clap too much sure. and it goes to six minutes, that's fine. Like on this show, on some other shows, they're like, it has to land at four, you know, at this time, or so else. it's however much you get through. Yeah, or, I mean, you see, there, so I have to, I sort of have plans. Rain them in? Yeah, to, uh, you know, extract the, like Got a it. few lines here yeah. or there, if need be. Sure. Like, I've always gone in with more in mind to do on Ferguson specifically. Yeah. I'm like, I could do, like, this thing well, could be. how many times yeah. have you done it? I've done, this will be my third time. Okay. So. So I like what you're saying, and yet I find that as a person myself, I have a really hard time not worrying about stuff I can't control. Oh, I understand. I mean, I don't <laughs> know how you actually do... Are you actually able to do that? Uh, it definitely... I mean, if I can... I have to say that to myself sometimes. Yeah. Like, because certainly when I, I have sort of an, you know, OCD-ish personality, like I'm not uh, impaired by it constantly, I'm not debilitated. I have more, you know, there's O and C, but, you know, there's not always D, you know, there's more more order. It's yeah, more order sure. than disorder. Uh-huh. But, uh... Like, so when things, when there's a lack of closure, like, you know, I try to get my Im- email inbox down to zero because if there's things outstanding, like, oh, I got to write back to this, but I got to do this. I got to do that. Absolutely. Like, I want, I want to try to get everything done that I can. And, but then once, once I've like sent off an email, I'm like, well, it's, it's out of my hands. Like I can like, hopefully like they'll get, the person will get back to me about whatever it is sure. that I need. But like, I can't, you know. Then maybe the question is like, oh, do I? When do I check in again? If they, they were supposed to get back to me now, yeah. should I write again tomorrow? A week? A month? Uh, depending what things are, uh, and then that's why hopefully you know with, with comedy businessy things, I have you know like a manager who I'm like, well, this person, what sure. do we what do we do? You you do it, manage. Well, that's interesting that that you're saying all this stuff. First of all, your approach sounds very healthy. I, so up top, you're you. nailing it. Also, um, that was our hands. Yeah, that was our hands. 
and butts. The, we we slapped our butts together. Each one. Yep. It, d- d- hands and butts. Yep. Yeah. yeah Sixty nine yes. hands and butts. <laughs> but the uh, what I was gonna say is it's interesting that you chose this as a career with that need because I find that about myself too. Like I actually I really like being in control. I really like lists. I really like checking things off lists and then feeling like okay I've achieved it. But there are other jobs where you really can just. Like, go home at the end of the day, and then that's when that job is over. And oh, this yeah. is not that job at all. No, it's never over. So if you're over. somebody who is, like, into completing tasks, interesting. Yeah, well, here's the thing is, I mean, you can think about it as every night you're completing a task. Yes. Every night you're like, ah, that show or that joke. or You know, you're working, you know, obviously you're constantly, there's layers of, you know, when one joke is, when, when God finishes one joke, he opens <laughs> a window. Yeah. Uh, like, do, do you know John Fish, a comedian in New York who's who is, yeah. started in Boston? He's a friend of mine. He used to, maybe he still does. He told it. He used to tell a joke about uh, laundry. I'm paraphrasing. So, like, he's like the stressful thing about laundry is uh, he's like, I realized the other day is like, unless you do it naked, you're never totally done. Uh, because and like uh, uh, parallel wise, like to comedy, like. Right now, like I last week, just uh, as of this recording, uh, April 3rd, I taped an hour of my stand-up for a special, uh, and so now that material, like that's in the, in the can, and yes. like I, in my mind, part of it is like, that's done, yes. I don't have to tell all of it, and I don't have to tell any of those jokes again if I don't want to, I mean, you never have to tell, you could be like, I don't ever have to do comedy again if I don't want to, but like, I wanted to get them, uh, some of them I'm like, I so want to get them there. down, yeah. They're done. Though, and so now, obviously, I'm, you know, working on constantly writing new things that will be, the next, so the next project is the next CD, or the next album, or the Absolutely. next special, or the next hour, uh, so it's constantly... Uh, you know, it's there is a constant, constant beginnings. Like some things are in the beginning, some in the middle, some are the ends. Uh, but in general, like I mean, I, there's a sense in which I also do like being in the middle of things, in the moment. You know, in like working on a joke that isn't done yet. That I'm like, oh, it's funny, it's good. It's- I'm gonna bring Prescott off stage in a yeah. second. So what I want to say is, yes, not to cut you off. No, I understand. But sir, kill them tomorrow night and check that shit off. But I wasn't done with this. <laughs> this is the second time. I've talked. I was talking to you and Tom Wilson, and like both, both times, these conversations are too good. We're professional talkers. You guys are really good at. Talking. <laughs> well, I'll um, talk to you anytime. I'll talk All right. To you. All right. Oh, good, good. And uh, and now we'll 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 edit back in. And that was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard or seen or done. Oh my God. Whew. I don't even think I could tell that to another group of people ever again. Good thing we got, we didn't get that? Okay. Uh, in conclusion, uh, there's uh, somebody uh, in the room who is uh, doing uh, drawings of all the comedians. So I'm just going to stand still for one minute. <laughs> Keep this in the podcast. If you're at home, just imagine what I'm doing. Imagine I could be doing all different things. <laughs> I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'll, okay, a joke. Uh, in conclusion, uh, I went on a hand job interview and I blew it. So they told me I was overqualified. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. My name's Mike Kaplan. Enjoy your life until death. Mike's all talking shit about podcasts, but you can hear him on his podcast, (laughs) Hang Out With Me, (laughs) which is great. And uh, also...
Also, we should, yes, let's hear it for Sarah, who, who comes and draws the comics out of the kindness of her amazing drawing heart. You see, sir, this could be you. For the low, low price of she donates her time. So that's really awesome. One more time for Mike. Come on, one more time for Mike. And for Sarah. So good. So good. This show is going to... I kind of want to see what's happening beyond the first row. It's hard because of the lights. Now you guys get nervous. Are you okay? I'm not. I just came a little closer, but then I stopped. So don't stress out. I didn't go too far. How are you? Yeah? What's What was your day like today? You had the day off. You had the day off. Hey, yeah! Did your computer broke? Bro- what? What did I just say? Did your computer break? Because my girlfriend's computer broke today and she had the day off too for that reason. Oh, how? Why did you get the day off? Um, I have this week. Oh my God, the whole week? What are you doing? What do you, well, what do you, on, what do you uh, usually do? You do, you work wardrobe. Yeah. Okay. How much shopping do you do in your time off? Yeah, like, if you have a week off, are you like, fuck stores? Or are you like, yeah, stores! That's right. Awesome. Do you ever shop and return for yourself while you're working? All day long, yeah, every day. Of course I do. What are you talking about? That's literally the only reason I do this job. Okay, well, what else do you have planned for your week off, for your big week off? Anything else? It's okay, no stress. Oh yeah, yes. And do you, do you have access to a pool? What is your life? Is it where you live, or how how are you involved in this? Are you, do you have a pool? No, she has a pool. Oh yeah. You both have the week. Are you? You're also in wardrobe. Oh my god. You know, every time I hear somebody say that they're in wardrobe, I can only think of that like. Uh, human being that's been turned into a wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> How often does that come up for you guys in your jobs? Like every time you say, I'm in wardrobing, do you go, ha ha ha, Mrs. Potts, you, you ever do that? Yeah, she's like, the rest is already here, you know, and they come out and stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, what's, what's up? Are, the, are those her internal organs? Do you know what I mean? Like when she got turned into a wardrobe, is that like her heart and liver? And if so, how rude to wear that. And I think we should all write Belle a letter and let her know that we don't think that human beings should wear other human beings' organs that have been turned into clothes. And I don't think I'm the only one that thinks that. Am I right, pal? Slapping it, slapping. High fives. That's cool. Thank you for the high five. You caught me on that. I like that very much, sir. How are you doing? I'm- yeah? What, what's going on? Your, what do you do for a living? Are you in wardrobe? Uh, no. What do you do? I work at a pet store. You work at a pet store, but you can put pets in wardrobe if you wanted to. <laughs> Plus, some people wear animals. Just trying to connect your jobs. <laughs> you don't see a lot of dog coats, though, do you? Just that one time in that other Disney movie. You work at a pet at a pet store. Are there do, are there pets or just supplies for pets? Uh, both. Wow, what's the craziest pet that you have at your pet store? Uh, I don't know. I'm not 
Yeah, well, who is? What maniac comes into your store and is like, I want my child to grow up right. Seven scorpions, please. This guy right here. That guy, you have a scorpion? Yeah. Works for Petco. You, scorpions. you love the scorpions at Petco? Ooh, look at this face off! <laughs> yeah! Um, I used to be in a circus company where one of the members of the company juggled chainsaws for a living and often he would put a scorpion in his pants before he would juggle chainsaws. Is that like your life? (laughs) Or are you just juggling customers? I don't know. I don't know what goes on at Petco. Well, guys, this is such a lovely audience. We've got some more comics, and I know you're going to love them. Let's get them out here. Let's hear more jokes from these comics. Hey, uh, this next gentleman, he is a friend of mine for a long time and uh, also writes uh, for the real housewives. Nope, that's not it. For the real husbands of Hollywood on BET. You should watch that show and support this gentleman and his career. Let's hear it right now for the very funny Mr. Prescott Tolk, guys. Get on, Prescott. I'm not black. But just in case you were like, what? He doesn't look black. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, uh, I do. I threw my back out somewhere between going in the shower and getting dressed. And that just happens when you're 35, I realized. It's just, I don't understand why life sucks now. But it really, it really does. I'm just in horrible pain and all I did was soap. And I was just trying to be clean. And now I can't move. I... I it sucks because when you, you usually, you know, when you're younger and you look forward to getting older because there's privileges and powers you get. Like when you're 16, you, you start driving. You're 18, you go to college. 21, you can go to a bar. And then there's just like a lull until Social Security. <laughs> so you got to like dig deep to find stuff to be happy about as you get older. Really deep. 35, I am now constitutionally qualified to run for president. I have no intention of ever running for president. But if I'm in an argument with someone that's younger than I am, I will say, shut up, you can't even run for president. (laughs) I just want to get to the point in my life where I'm comfortable enough with myself that I can tell the person at the end of a customer service call that I do not give a shit about the confirmation number. I don't know why I have to play this game still. I'm too insecure. Mr. Tolk, are you ready for the confirmation number? Hold on. And I just stand there and count to 20. Because I believe that's the appropriate time it takes to find pen and paper. To this day, when they give it to me, I always pantomime writing it in the air. Because I'm afraid they're going to know I'm not doing anything with my hand. I just want to get a customer service job so I can tell people they don't need the confirmation number. Like, right after I give it to them, I'm like, all right, can you read that back to me? 
this is awkward, but I didn't write anything. You sit down. I know you didn't. That's why I got this job, to tell you don't have to. Because what's going to happen when you call up and you don't have your confirmation number? I'm going to be like, all right, what's your name? What the fuck do we need the confirmation number for? It's a waste of letters and numbers. We don't need it. Also, at 35, I'm, I'm at the point in my life right now, I, I need a wife and a lawyer. There's two things I'm looking for, so I uh, joined J-Date. Where you get those things. I already found one woman and two lawyers. All three of them are suing me. Uh, it was like 60 bucks for three months. But statistically, it has a high success rate of matching up future spouses, which makes sense because all the people involved are concerned about getting their money's worth. And that's, you know, really, we gotta hurry up. We got three months. Come on. Not renewing. It's where they get you on the renewal. We know what goes on. It's so funny, too. I, I, this is the first online dating thing I've ever done. And uh, the profile thing is just like, I don't know, the women, I, is this really what you do? The things that, they always start out, I'm simple and laid back. Easy going. Period. <laughs> On my free time, I like riding my bike outside of a plane and parachuting onto Runyon Canyon. <laughs> where I save cats. Here's a picture of me and a tiger. And then the traveling, I don't know where you people get this traveling budget. I love to travel. I've been to Maui. Mali, Bali, Mozambique. I'm looking for someone who wants to travel. I don't know what to tell you, but you do realize I'm trying to meet a woman without leaving my apartment. <laughs> where, where are we going? Come over. That's the point. I'm trying to get you here, and then we're done. I, uh, I moved here almost two years ago from Chicago. I grew up in New Jersey, spent a lot of time in Chicago, and I moved here. And I, I surprisingly, I, I really like Los Angeles. Um, I was worried about the people. I don't have a problem with the women. I do have a problem. The guys, there's just way too many guys in L.A. that have never been punched in the face. <laughs> like, they don't... They don't even know it's possible for that to happen. And it's important that someone does this now because they need to know maybe they shouldn't say that. Like, that's what happens when you're young. You're supposed to get punched in the face at least once. It's instructive. Like, one time I went to White Castle. I walked in. Some guy just punched me in the face. And since then, I have never eaten fast food. I just, like, I don't need it. It's bad for me.
seriously, just should be some kind of. I just feel too if like there should be a registry if you've been punched in the face. So we know. So if you there's like a bar fight and some guy gets punched in the face and the cops show up, the guy who punched him in the face be like, look, look in the registry. It never happened before. It needed to be done. All right, that's my time, everybody. Thank you very much. Awesome. Hey, we have two more awesome comics on the show, and both of them are in from New York, so we are going to welcome them. Yes? Correct? And, sh- and we're going to tell them with our applause that their city is terrible. Because look at how wonderful it is when you come to Los Angeles. Sunshine and applause. And then New York has Lena Dunham, That's, and Lena Dunham also is there. <laughs> so guys, we are going to make it real loud for uh, this next comic. He has a, a long-running show in New York called Tell Your Friends, and it's now a podcast as well. So listen, look at this. This is one podcast, but it's leading you to many other podcasts. <laughs> it's very exciting, like a hydra. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Liam McEnany. Give it up for him. Come on. Come on. So I wasn't sure if I was going to tell the story, but then I heard Tom set and I have to tell the story. Uh, Last time I was in L.A. a couple months ago, stayed at my friend Whitney's place. Uh... And like a bad friend, I forgot to leave the keys in the apartment. Uh, so I brought them. <laughs> sent an email last night that was like, hey, uh, good news, I remembered to bring your keys to L.A. Bad news, I gave them to a drifter I saw on the street who looked like he needed a place to crash. <laughs> bad news, you're going to get murdered. Good news, you're going to meet Gary Busey first. So that was last night. Today, I'm walking through Hollywood to go to a meeting, and I'm in my head, and I get this feeling, and I look up, and I'm like, who is that insane drifter walking towards me, clearly staring at me? Like, I could tell through the sunglasses he was staring at me. And then the second thought was, holy, that's Gary Busey. And then my third thought was, Gary Busey looks like he wants to eat my face. (laughs) And then as we walked past, he gave me a smile. I was like, yeah, I'm Gary Busey. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) My first instinct was right, not to tell that story. Um, (laughs) Whatever. uh, Here's something you guys need to know. I dropped out of college uh, after a year. The only thing I learned in college was that if you drop out after a year they still expect you to pay your student loans back. And I get all these threatening phone calls that are like, Mr. McEnany, pay back your loans. You'll never be able to buy a house. You'll never be able to buy a car. And I'm always like, I know, I can't pay my student loans back. Where do you think this house and car money is coming from? Really, what are you going to do? Send a guy around to repossess my knowledge of medieval philosophy? 
Also dropped out of high school. Ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I, after I dropped out of high school, I spent a couple years being a, what they call a scumbag. A uh, total dirt bag, hung out with my scumbag. In L.A., it's very easy to tell who's a scumbag because they're the ones who are walking instead of driving. <laughs> like me and Gary Busey. <laughs> right, L.A. is crazy. L.A. LA is nuts because people are like, hey, let's go for a nine-hour walk, like hike through a canyon. Okay, but first I have to walk to Ralph's to get some groceries. What? <laughs> right, so, and if you're wondering, like, am I a scumbag? Uh, it's very easy to tell. Uh, if you're hanging, if you hang out with more than one guy who has a nickname, <laughs> like that's how you tell guys. Your friends, if your friends have nicknames, I, I all my friends had nicknames. Uh, hung out with a guy we called Chinese Mike, <laughs> which he hated because he was the only Mike we knew. So he'd be like, why, why do I have to be Chinese Mike? We're like, well, in case we meet another Mike. I have to tell you guys apart. Eventually another guy joined our crew, a black guy named Mike. And we called him Mike. And Chinese Mike was furious. He was like, I have to be Chinese Mike. Why can't he be black Mike? And we're like, because we're not racist like that, dude. Come on. What is wrong with you? We had a friend named Eddie. Uh, he wanted us to call him Fast Eddie, uh, which we wouldn't do. Because first of all, you can't give yourself a nickname. That is just, you can't do that. The only guy who did that was a guy we called Psycho Rob. That's because dude walked into Tommy's apartment one day. He was like, I think you guys should call me Psycho Rob. We're like, okay. If you are so crazy, you want to be called Psycho Rob so other people know immediately. That is, the second reason was... Because uh, fast, because uh, this guy Eddie was the dumbest guy we knew. Like, he was a weed dealer who smoked as much weed as he sold. And he had the one functioning brain cell. So his nickname was Goddamn Eddie. And we pronounced that Goddamn Eddie. As in, Goddamn Eddie, did you get caught counterfeiting coupons? Goddamn Eddie, are you banned from an entire supermarket chain? That's a true thing. So we're all hanging out in Tommy's apartment one day, and goddamn Eddie walks in with a water pistol. And he's like, who wants to help me rob a bank? And we're all like, none of us, but we definitely want to hear the plan. And he's like, well, you know, the banks have a policy where when someone's robbing it, they're not allowed to do anything. So I'm gonna go up to the South Bronx where the cops are real slow to respond and I'm gonna pull out this water pistol and I'm gonna rob the bank, I'm gonna get away before the cops get there. <laughs> and Psycho Rob was like, I am out. And I was like, well, if Psycho Rob is out, that guy's psycho. Right. So we don't see goddamn Eddie for a couple days. A couple days later, he walks into Tommy's apartment with a black eye. And it takes a while to get the story out of him. Apparently, he walked into this bank in the South Bronx. This is true. Pulled out a water pistol to the teller and said, this is a robbery. Now, what he didn't realize is that a bank in the South Bronx 
is going to hire people from the South Bronx to work there. And they generally know the difference between a water pistol and a real gun. So he pulls this thing out. He's like, all right, this is a robbery. The woman behind the counter jumps up and clocks him in the face. And then she runs around the counter, grabbed his wallet from out of his pocket, and said, you're fucking right, this is a robbery. Now get the fuck out of my bank. At this point, we are dying with laughter. And we are like, what did you do next? He's like, I went out and I found a payphone. No, yes, I called the cops. What did you tell them? I told them I got robbed in the bank. Did you tell them you were robbing it with a water pistol? Yes. And what did they do? They laughed and made me repeat it to the sergeant. And that's when we called him Fast Eddie, because come on. We'd be like, come on, Fast Eddie, could you make it down to the store to buy cigarettes without getting clocked in the face? Anyway, you guys have been great. Thank you, podcast. Awesome. Well, our final comic tonight is, he is very accomplished. Uh, he's the former digital editor of The Onion. He also is the man between behind Cultivated Wit. He also is a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, he's the author of the book, How to Be Black. And we are so happy to have him here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Baratunde Thurston. Give it up for Baratunde! <laughs> What's up, y'all? Hoodies and cowboy boots. That's what's hot in the streets. Tell everybody that's what black people are doing now. <laughs> From the source, I wrote the book. <laughs> people often assume uh, that because I'm black, I don't like racial stereotypes. <laughs> that is false. I actually love racial stereotypes, and it's not because I love racism. I hate racism. I did write a book called How to Be Black. If you don't buy it, you are a racist. That's how <laughs> this works. That's how committed I am to the anti-racist system. But I also love efficiency. <laughs> and sometimes my love for efficiency comes into conflict with my hatred for racism. And so I generalize. <laughs> there is, uh, however, a, a racial stereotype that I'm still bothered by. I've gotten over most of them. But this one, I just can't get it off my head. It involves white women, purses, and black men. And I think you guys know how this goes down, right? There's a white lady walking down the street with her purse. She's not thinking about her race because she doesn't have to. And... <laughs> 500 to 1,000 meters off, she spots a black male. She feels threatened by his presence. She calls in a drone strike. He is vaporized. <laughs> it's the number one killer of black men in America. 
right? Obama's got nothing on white ladies with purses. So I decided I wanted to be Gandhi-like about this stereotype situation. I wanted to be the change I wanted to see. So first thing I did is I bought a purse. (laughs) And then I put myself in very common white lady slash purse situations. That means a tall office tower elevator with me in it just riding up and down all day long waiting. Waiting for this magic moment when the population of that elevator is reduced. To me, my purse, Becky. (laughs) And one very, very nervous white lady. Because it gets deep, it gets real. Because she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and she's thinking, I'm thinking, she knows I'm thinking what she's thinking and I am because I accepted it into her because that was the whole point. And at that moment of maximum tension, when she fears the worst, I take my purse, I tap her lightly in the head with it, I giggle, and I leave the elevator. (laughs) Now she's a very confused white lady. She's like, wait, is that what's hot in the streets right now? Is that what black dudes do? They name their purses, they hang out on elevators, they tap me in the head, giggle, and leave? Is that what they do? Maybe, or maybe she'll just have to judge us one at a time and see... Thus I've ended racism. You're welcome, America. I'm on a mission. My grandmother was the first black employee at the U.S. Supreme Court building. True story. I only found this out a few years ago. After my mother passed, my sister and I were going through her stuff. Not in like a criminal way. We were just going through her effects. That's what you do when someone in your family dies. And among her effects, we found these newspaper clippings which said, this is the first black lady in the U.S. Supreme Court as an employee. Oh my goodness, look at that. And then we found a picture of her with Jimmy Carter. We didn't know this our whole lives. That's a weird family secret (laughs) to keep. Like, it should be something normally more shame-filled, right? It's like, oh, I can't tell you about Grandma. She can't go to Louisiana anymore. She has warrants out. She's around moonshine down there. We don't really talk about that. Uh, grandma doesn't go to Florida anymore. She had to run in with Mike Kaplan's grandma. She doesn't really want to deal with that anymore. Grandma's not proud of this. She voted for Bush. Like, it's weird, like things like that. You don't expect, like, yo, don't talk about this, but grandma, she's secretly a civil rights hero. She's a historic figure, not just in our family, but in U.S. history. Like, shh, keep it quiet. That's weird. That's weird. I've been in New York six years. Six years is long enough to have some of the veil and the mystique of New York lifted and you start to see the city for what it is. And I've never loved New York more than I do right now. And I've never hated New York more than I do right now. There are certain things you only see in New York once you've signed a lease. (laughs) It's like they just lay in wait. Like visiting a thousand times doesn't count, doesn't matter. So I thought I had one of these New York moments when I saw a half-naked clown take a dump on the subway platform. (laughs) That actually wasn't the moment. What? I I used to work in Soho. It's a beautiful neighborhood. Cobblestone streets, $12 coffee, underfed models. It's beautiful. Walking down the street, I see a dude walk up to a tree, innocent tree. He gnaws a branch off the tree, walks away with the branch in his mouth. No hands the whole time. And I'm mad because I paid attention. I feel like, you got me, dude. You, got, you did a weird thing. It made me pay. Ah, damn it. I just lost. 
My magic New York moment happened in a bar. Our apartments are very tiny. There's no common space, so the bar is our collective living room. I generally love people. I like meeting, I like greeting, I like getting to know folks, but sometimes I hate everybody. <laughs> just in general, it's nothing specific. It's everybody in general. Sometimes I just don't want you guys around. And I went to this bar, not for the people, but they had more whiskey than I did. <laughs> it was a supply-demand decision, a market-based decision, really. I'm sitting at this bar, communing with my whiskey. I am joined to my right by a very chatty and curious white lady. She's a, a definite negative overlap of two attributes. She's super excited about everything. She's super curious about everything. That overlap is death for someone trying to be antisocial. And she says, what do you do? First question, what do you do? I don't know, it's a tough economy. Maybe I don't do anything. That's an offensive first question. I have other things about me besides my job. What do you do? And I wanted to say, look, I'm over 30 years old. My friend's circle is locked. This isn't gonna turn into anything. <laughs> Why do we cut our losses here? Write this off. Move on with our lives. I didn't say that. Instead, I, uh, I threw a noun at her. I said, comedian. She says, oh, that's so much fun. Comedy's great. It's really hard. You have like a day job, though? You're like a bartender or a server or a bouncer, maybe some kind of bartender, some kind of server, maybe a bouncer. <laughs> I was like, yeah, at the time, this is true. I said, I work at The Onion. She's like, oh, I love that website. That's so funny. Oh, my God, you get to make people laugh. Is it crazy? All the time at The Onion, is it crazy? All the time, I was like, I get my health care there. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> she goes, where do you live? I said, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn, we go hard. I love Brooklyn. It's so great. Isn't Brooklyn just amazing? Isn't the most amazing place in the world just so amazing in Brooklyn? I was like, yeah, I sleep there. It's really great. <laughs> Where'd you come from before Brooklyn? Boston. Did you go to college in Boston? Yes, I did. What college did you go to? Fuck. <laughs> what college? Come on, tell me what college you went to. Tell me what college you went to. I went to Harvard. Holy shit! <laughs> you mean to tell me you work for The Onion, you went to Harvard, you're like the whitest black guy I've ever met. <laughs> she said this to my face, people. <laughs> Within striking distance. <laughs> I wanted to slowly strangle her to death and whisper in her ear, I'm the last black guy you'll ever meet. But I chose freedom, and instead I took out my purse. Becky, I tapped her lightly in the head, called in that drone strike, and left the bar. Baratunde Thurston, thank you. Put your hands together, but put your hands together. Tell me about cultivated wit. Wouldn't you? I'm going to say the same fucking thing every time. Cultivated wit is, uh, was born out of the exit of a couple of us from The Onion. Yes. There's three of us who started it. It is an ever-evolving, defining thing, but essentially we are seeing this opportunity with technology, with creativity, to, and with humor, yes. to do all those things together better. So in part, we are building apps and digital products that are infused with wit and story. We're working on a satirical racism finding You can app. join us if you want to, Prescott. We're talking about cultivated wit. What's up, Prescott? Yeah. I have cultivated wit. Yeah, yeah. he does. We're talking about cultivated wit. We're talking about this business I, uh, I started. 
business. Because yeah. I mean, you don't have to join us, but get no, the I'm, fuck I'm over. No, I'm actually having a journalism yeah. degree. I probably yeah. have some. Hell I'm yeah. sure we've got a lot to say. Hey, I'm also in this yeah, interview. William McEnany, ladies and gentlemen. I'm also in this interview. It's like the East Coast is just here. It's like the Hudson actually, River. Actually, well, everybody here has stuff that they're that's currently going on for them that is very diverse and interesting in yeah, terms right. of like racial stuff. Yes. Yes. Well, actually, I read how to be black, and that's when I got the job at BET, like a week afterwards. It works. Yeah. Can I put that on the next edition? You have to. Like, a blur. Yeah. Hyphen. I got a job. At, I read this book and then got a job at, at BET. That is it worked. I, the very whew. height of blackness. What's your last name, Prescott? Tolk. Prescott Tolk. Amazing name. It's a great Thank name, you. right? And if it can get you a job at BET, it can get anybody a job at BET. That's yeah. great. Who is they? The, all the, the powers that be. Yeah. Well, the non-black yeah. people. Yeah, the non-black people <laughs> that are rallying for you to get a job. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with your show right now? Where are you in terms of writing stuff? Are you guys in... We just wrapped up writing season two, and uh, they're in production right now. So there was just that, you know, Chris Rock is doing uh, an episode next season, and uh, so there was just uh, some promo stuff yeah. with him and J.B. Smooth and Kevin... Oh, that's great. Uh, recording stuff at the comedy store. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And then you have a little bit of time off now? Or do you guys start writing little bit the next? A little bit of time off, yeah. yeah. Cool. And do you know if you have another season? Um, I, this Still is going from complimentary I mean, to I'm just scare gonna, tactics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have... No, honestly, I... You know. It, it, you know what would be great if you, if you asked that press goes like, Actually, I really don't know. It's it's a really bad situation. Well, they're right continuing, now. but I think they're gonna let me yeah. go. Like if yeah, you said that, that <laughs> yeah, they they found the book in yeah. my uh, yeah. bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no wonder. Yeah, yeah. Preska sure. read How to Be White. He immediately got fired. <laughs> Liam, what's going on with Tell Your Friends? You guys just started nothing. Your but podcast. Everything. That's not true. You're full <laughs> got, of shit. This is a br- this is, yeah. If you, if you go to tyfpodcast.com. Yeah. I'm a brand. I'm branding myself. Yeah. Brand that shit, son. You know, tyfpodcast.com interviews with uh, people. Baratunde. I did an interview with Baratunde. Baratunde did an interview with Baratunde? Yeah, and you also no, I did an interview. Oh. <laughs> a concert film. Uh, yeah, when Tell Your that, Friends, the concert out? film that came out uh, last year on a special thing records. You can buy the DVD. With it's really good. It is really I, good. I saw Victor Vernado directed South it. Southwest. Directed by a black guy, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. There's, yeah, a yeah. Of, There's a lot of black stuff happening. And albino. Right yeah. Black. Wow. So, wow. I feel like you're trying to like, well, discount as black this I was going to say bit. twice, actually. I think that counts twice. <laughs> yeah, you're like doubly black yeah. if you yeah. are albino. Like an exposed print. Sort <laughs> <of>. <laughs> <laughs> it is a reverse negative. Yeah. In I wonder if a tintype would make him. So Cultivated Wit is... Yeah. So it's a, it's a comedic, creative, digital company. We we do these... This We just came off this event in San Francisco. I remember it being... I actually follow you on Twitter. Is this yeah. whiskey... Whiskey Something. Friday is a part of it. Whiskey okay. Friday is a part What's of the other part? Comedy Hack Day. We bring software oh, yes. developers and comedians together part of that. to build funny... Uh, oh. <laughs> For those listening who are you familiar with the, with the comedy lingo, this is hack as in coding, yes. not as in shitty joke making. Um, and Prescott, are you a coder? Because that'd be no. awesome if you're like, fuck you, dude, I code. No, no. no yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Thank you no, for knowing no, that. No. Coder, we no. bring comedians and developers together over one weekend. They pitch ideas for apps, and then they build them. So one of the apps that did really well was called Hip Cracks. It basically takes the cracks on your iPhone and makes it like a feature. So you can play games what? that are designed for the cracked phone. 
He, he, one of the, he said the cracked phone is the ripped jeans of this generation. Holy shit. He's trying shit. to make it that. That's well, I've been avoiding yeah. that for a while. So now that, that, that is brilliant. And it's I'm funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And his pitch was super hilarious. And the thing that won with these kids from Stanford, they make it easier to bullshit your friends. So whenever you're at a bar and you're saying something, your friend's like, that's not true. Margaret Thatcher wasn't in the KGB. You're like, actually. And then on the fly, you can edit a copy of her Wikipedia page. And then show it to them with whatever fact you want. Um, they call it citation needed. They won Sounds the grand prize. Sounds like people are going to use that yeah, and get at trivia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, better tune day Thurston. Let's have him. Let's let him hear it. What a great show that was. That was a really awesome show. And I also have a, a cool announcement that I just want to make to you guys, and you can tell your friends, and also podcast folks can tell their friends. Uh, Put Your Hands Together is traveling for the first time. On uh, April 18th, we will be in San Francisco for one night only for a show at the Dark Room Theater. And then on the 21st of April, as a part of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, we will be at the Mount Tabor Theater. So come to that people that aren't that don't live in Los Angeles <laughs> or get in your cars guys and come on with us well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming out we are here every Tuesday night let's hear for all the comics you saw tonight <laughs> and my co-producer Ryan and our stage manager Rhea Butcher and I'm Cameron Esposito guys see you next week put your hands together put your hands together Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.